When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is brought to you by the Women's Philanthropy at Indiana University. Welcome to Theodora Speaks. Today's conversation is with Daisy Malik Shadid. And Daisy's conversation is around the art of saying yes. Now, of course, it's all about setting boundaries today and saying no. But what Daisy's talking about the yes is saying yes for career growth, going after those opportunities, going the extra mile to learn something new to help grow, grow into promotion, grow into you. Daisy and I recently presented the four P's of marketing and your personal branding to high school and college students, and it resonated so well. Price, product, promotion, place, and your personal brand. Daisy's a product marketer turned boutique owner, but she started her career at the White House interning for President Clinton right after Monica Lewinsky. Need I say, there were no one-on-ones. It was more group meetings after that. But she gained a great internship that led her into product marketing. And now, as I mentioned, she's a boutique owner. And she's all about community. She's all about women and women empowerment. She has such unique fashion services she offers, not only to shop at her boutique, brick and mortar and online, but she'll do wardrobe makeovers with you. She'll help you prepare for an interview. She'll look into your closet and help you pick outfits out for the week and how to organize them. She also gives back to the community, to women who don't have the same opportunities that others do. And she's raising four beautiful daughters, four beautiful daughters inside and out with her husband. And this is a great conversation around marketing and your personal brand. So listen for when Daisy talks about executive presence and why it is so important, in addition to your executive presence, to say yes to things that will help grow you into your career. The Women's Philanthropy aspires to foster an ecosystem of inclusive philanthropy that creates transformational change for all at Indiana University by bringing leaders together, providing connections, relationships, learning experiences, and opportunities to give time, talent, and treasure. They catalyze meaningful impact here at Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana. Curious about the Women's Philanthropy at Indiana University? I encourage you to visit iufoundation.iu.edu. Hi, Daisy. It's great to see you again. Great to see you, Gail. Thank you so much for your time. So the topic that I would love to discuss with you today is all around the art of saying yes. Yeah, very important. And we're so good today with boundaries and saying no, but the yes that you're talking about is more about taking calculated risks and career reinvention. So you're a product marketer turned boutique owner. 
You're a mother of three beautiful daughters and recently adopted your niece from Lebanon. I would love to know how your daughters would describe you. They will describe me as, well, first, I think strict. And then uh, risk, risk taker. They say I'm very social and they say I'm very positive. So what's it always makes me happy when they say that I'm a risk taker because I'm trying to teach them to take risks. And, um, and for us, for me as a mother of all girls, I think it's very important for them to learn this early on, um, to just go after the things they want to, they want and not to be afraid of failure. Instilling that fearless. That's right. And the resilience in them. And it's, uh, it's important. You could always reinvent yourself. So if you fail, you get up and you do it again. Tell us about a time when you persevered when others doubted you. You know, it, um, so many times through the years from high school uh, to my 20s, 30s, that uh, people doubted. I had both. I had the cheerleaders who always believed in me, but I always also had doubters. There's a couple of uh, times that this come to mind. And in the recent years is when I took time off from being a stay-at-home mom. I was a stay-at-home mom for six years and decided to go to the workforce. And um, I had a few people who say, oh, you're going to hate it. You'll go for three months and then you're going to come back. Why would you want to go back to the workforce? And in the recent years, when I, or the last year when I decided to open the boutique, I had people who discouraged me. They said, it's the wrong time. There's COVID. Um, don't do it. It's retail. You'll never know. You're not going to survive. And if I listened to, you know, f- to either of all or this negative energy or negative uh, comments, I don't think I would have succeeded in so many different things in my life. So I just kind of take them, listen to them, and make me want to do it, uh, do the same things much more. And you're yeah. one of the three million plus. I say plus because now we're in the year 2022 that have left their corporate jobs That's to right. reinvent themselves. That's right. So I feel very blessed that I could just go and I have the support system, my husband, my family that encouraged me to go and do it. That support system is is huge because everybody sees you jumping off the diving board, right? That's right. That's right. And they're scared. They're scared for me. They're scared um, that, you know, for us, especially opening the business, the boutique, uh, that we will lose all this money. Uh, But for me, it was very important to go do it and show my girls if I failed, it's okay. You have to take the risk. And if I succeeded, this is what uh, happens when you take a risk. Mm -hmm. So um, I wasn't worried about it either or as soon as we made that decision to go and um, leave my comfortable job and open the boutique, it was just, we're going to do this. And either way, if nothing comes out of it, at least it's lesson learned and on to the next thing. And if it succeeded, it's great lesson. Uh, for my daughters to learn about being entrepreneurs and be a risk taker. Yes. And and those qualities that you're showing and instilling as a mother into your daughters, those are priceless. Thank you. Yeah. I feel, and they, they recognize it. They're so, you have to see them. They're so proud to say, oh, my mom owns a business or my mom did this. And um, you could see how excited about they are about the boutique and they're involved and they send me pictures of different uh, 
outfits that are popular or we got my nine-year-old involved in the business. She came home and said, mommy, we need to sell puppets. And uh, I said, why? She's like, everybody will buy them. So I wanted to encourage that. So she, we went together, we sat down, we emailed our supplier and um, we ordered some fidgets and some fidget purses and they are our number one seller at the boutique so we always tell her it's your idea it's because a few of these fidgets go so fast so uh, I feel like the girls now think that way what works what doesn't work they, uh, they're involved in the marketing aspect of the business so not only it's a family business so the, lear- the girls are learning a lot and that's very important to us as well she brought an idea to you yep. you took a risk on it yep she proved to you it's going to be it's going to be a seller. Yep. Little did you know it'd be number one. So she's contributing to the the P and L statement. Yep. She is, and she knows it, and she's very excited about it. And you know, she has another business idea now. She wants to bring uh, pet supplies uh, to the boutique, and I said to her, "It's a great idea. Right now, it's not within our budget for this year, but let's look at look at it next year." So we do discuss these ideas, and it's important uh, for me to uh, encourage that because that's why that's that's the motivator for me is for the girls to also learn from all of this let's switch gears a little bit playing politics and trading politics for product marketing to rewind the hands of time as an undergraduate you studied political science and interned at the white house when clinton was president that's correct exciting time tell us how you landed that internship so our professor, our political science professor came and asked myself and another student if we, if we would be interested uh, in an internship at the White House. And uh, right away I said, absolutely, yes, sign me up. And so he signed, up, uh, signed us up and after uh, interview, after interview and clearance, we both actually landed the internship position. I was in the political affairs office. Um, I landed that job and that was... Um, doing briefings to the president and the vice president. So the briefings, if, this, if uh, the president or the vice president, was, they were going to a specific state, what's going on with these states? Uh, is it, uh, are they Democrats? Are they Republicans? What's the hot topics? If he's speaking, are they, is, is there going to be any objections? So we did all of this, and I supported the team getting all this research and you know, created the first draft for them. Uh, it was a very exciting time. Loved, loved my internship at the White House. So I've got to ask a question since you were there during the Clinton years. Yes. Did you work with Monica Lewinsky? No, it was the year after Monica Lewinsky. We were not allowed to say, talk to the president unless he talked to us. Okay. So, so no was, one-on-ones. No one-on-ones. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was honestly, he was very charismatic. You could see the end. I mean, uh, you know, I was the time 19 years old but he was very charismatic big smile um you want to you want to be in the room with him he was just uh charming charming that's it Mm -hmm. so if i heard you correctly in a prior conversation you said that the white house offered you a job yeah um they did um not formally by conversation the person i was reporting to and I decided to turn it down. And the reason behind it, the Clinton admi- administration was going to be done by December. There was a, it was election year. Um, and it was just not the right time. I still had one year left uh, at my university. And I, needed to, I decided I need to come back, finish. And then if Gore ended up winning, then I still have the contact. I could contact them, and they would get me back on board. From the White House, Daisy, you went into product marketing 
working for the state of Illinois. Yes, where the exciting. Where the state was the product. After I came from the White House, I decided I wanted to get my master's in public administration. And then after um, my master's, I landed a job with the state of Illinois working as um, a marketing specialist. And my job was to market Illinois as a destination to invest or uh, to help small to medium-sized businesses export their products. And the way I was measured, basically, how many uh, companies I was able to get them to come to Illinois and invest their money. So I had to sell in Illinois as this product, amazing product, um, and then as soon as I get that interest, I would send them to our business development office, and that's where they'll give the different companies uh, incentives about tax cuts or um, maybe different where they're going to open their business if they wanted to invest. So it was a great job. Um, it was a bit of travel. My region was the Middle East. My background, I don't know if you know, Lebanese. So I speak Arabic fluently. I was born in Chicago, raised in Beirut, came back when I was 12 years old. So I have that connection. So they naturally, because I speak Arabic, uh, the region that I was involved in was the Middle East. And I bet you networked so you could always go back. Yes. A lot of people <laughs> left uh, now and or retired or, you know, but it was a great experience. Um, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about politics. I learned a lot about how to... Uh, deal with different cultures, how how business is done in different parts of the world. All the things you learned and, and transferred into the boutique life. Yes, absolutely. So I don't want to jump over where you went to after the state of Illinois. I went uh, to Office Max as marketing. And then after that, that's when I decided to take time off. And I went to, um, my husband and I went to Trinidad and Tobago. So my husband got an offer, an opportunity uh, for work, and we wanted to expand the family. So we decided, uh, we already had one child, and we decided, okay, it's time to grow the next level. So it was supposed to be a two-year assignment, thought it's perfect, I will have my second baby, and then come back and pick up where I left. Well, you know, it didn't work out that way, so we ended up staying in Trinidad and Tobago for about six years. And um, I was a stay-at-home mom, but I did a lot. I did everything I always wanted to do. I did tons of volunteer work. I started this thing, helping uh, families who are moving to Trinidad and Tobago assimilate and uh, get into a comfortable zone because it's, uh, it's hard to move to another country and learn everything about the culture. Um, but in the same time, I learned I was exposed to a lot of different cultures, the British, the Spanish, um, the Trinidadian culture. So I learned a lot about that, and there was absolutely a learning curve. But because of that, it made me very successful in my next move when I went into Nalco Champion. Uh, Nalco Champion, I was um, somebody took a risk on me, and it was actually a male, a male. Um, uh, Emil uh, boss and he saw something he saw my go get a get it you know my risk-taking my business uh, oriented mind and he decided to take a risk now they told him not to hire me I've, I've heard that they're like you know she has not been she been she doesn't know chemistry because the product that I was managing was chemistry which I know nothing about a chemical product and um 
she'd been out of the workforce for six years, so they, t- you know, they encouraged him not to hire me, but he decided to take the risk. And uh, because of him, I was able to get back to work, into the workforce, into the corporate world. And you know, uh, right away, you, I was able to prove myself, and uh, I did very well, uh, very well. And the way I, you know, I didn't need to be a chemist. I need to sell the product. I needed to know the features about the product. I need to know the values about the product. So uh, I was not in the lab making the chemistry. I just needed to know the value of this. So I ended up doing very well. But during my career at Nalco. I took every opportunity to do every single training you could think of. And I was lucky enough that the company really invests in their people and they never said no to me. So they allowed me to grow and they allowed me to take all these trainings. And because of these trainings, I feel it made me um, much, made me grow. You touched upon something. Mm-hmm. A man took a risk on you. Yes. And he became your sponsor. Yes, he has. And he did. And not enough people know about sponsors, right? We all talk about mentors. Right. And mentors are very important, but sponsors are also too. Right. And those sponsors are people within a company that can help you get the job, get promoted. Right. They're your positive eyes and ears that can talk about you in a closed room, in the boardroom, for example, mm-hmm. on your behalf to get you the next role. That's right. And I think, you know, this is about, uh, we could touch a little bit about, about personal brand. Um, I think uh, what happened, he saw, he saw me, he saw my personality, he saw when I go into a room, I do capture the audience. I have a very strong presence. I am a very confident woman, and, and I think, um, and I, by the way, I think that's the reason why I knew early on that I would probably will not survive into senior leadership, because um, I think my per- my personality is not as diplomatic as it needed to be, and I recognize that. And um, I wanted to be authentic, and I did not want to. I knew what I'm willing to compromise on and not, so I knew my limits. I knew where I would get into the organization, even if I had the sponsor. I think the personal brand was important. That's what got me the job, to be honest with you. I really think, because when I asked him why did he take this risk, and he said I had um, an executive presence, mm. and that's and uh, and then that kind of um, I th- I mean that 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 was his answer. I had the executive presence, and he knew I could sell the product. I didn't need to know the chemistry, um, so he took the risk. If yeah. someone doesn't know what exec- executive presence is, you talk yeah. about having you know confidence. You're confident. Tell us what executive presence means. Basically, going in the room and just being confident, say what you need to say, but not only about what you have to say, how you deliver the message, but how you carry yourself, um, how you dress, it's just delivering the message. So because I was, I think the reason he picked up on the executive presence, I was prepared for every single meeting. Meetings that did not need preparation, I would prepare for because, again, I was out of the workforce for a while, so I wanted to go in there and know, be able to speak to what I need to speak with all the information I could gather. So I always went into the meetings very overly prepared. So for me, it showed that I'm comfortable. Uh, I wasn't um, scared to share my ideas, um, and it was, you know, it was mostly men. I was in an oil industry in Texas, Houston, Texas. It wasn't uh, that I was a shy person 
sitting in the corner. I, I was comfortable to give my opinion. I was comfortable to debate somebody without offending them in the room. So all of these qualities, uh, I think it kind of gives you that executive executive presence, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. And helps with the confidence to, the confidence. Take, to take the leap to go from the oil industry to the fashion industry, yes. which are both still predominantly male dominated fields. Yes. So um, with the fashion, so, okay, so I stayed in Nelco for three years. Again, like I said, I learned everything you could um, learn. And by saying yes, you have to say, <laughs> I keep on going back. I said yes, yes, yes to every single project. And people would say, Daisy, why are you doing this? You do not need to do this. And um, for me, it was my pleasure to do it. it. I was happy to do it because I felt I was learning. I did not stop learning um, in, when I was working at Nalco Champion. I felt I kept on growing, not only from uh, learning about product marketing, but also from the personal training that I've taken. As a person, I grew, and I knew my limitations, um, which is very important to know to know yourself. I knew my limitations, and I knew um, where I wanted to be, and I knew where I could go or in, where I could not go. So um, we, I decided we moved to Chicago from Houston, Texas during COVID. My husband and I were sitting, we're both working from home, and we decided, well, we're working from home, let's move back to Illinois and be with our families. So we moved here, uh, we didn't take permission from our companies, we decided we're going to do it and we'll figure it out after. So again, that's sometime being a risk taker, you just do it. You just go and do it and what's right for your family, you just do. So we decided to pack up within two weeks, we packed up, and uh, came back to Illinois. I was debating about leaving Nalco Champion because uh, they were going to merge with another company. So there were a lot of changes going on, and I moved here. So it was time for me. I knew the time was coming for me to exit the company. So I started interviewing with local, with different companies in Illinois and doing uh, market, product marketing. And I wasn't getting excited. Every I felt every interview, it's the, I could uh, picture you know, oh, this is, I could say, this person is like this person, this person is like this person, and it was just, it was, it was just not exciting me. I thought, I'm not going to be happy, and now that I'm going to, I just moved, I'm, I'm switching careers, so why don't I just do what I wanted to do, uh, what I've been wanting to do, open my business. Um, so my daughters and I were driving from, I picked them up from school, and we were driving to our temporary housing, and we saw a property that said for rent. And one of my daughters said, oh, mommy, this, this is for rent. Do you think you would want to open uh, a boutique there? And I said, well, if we open a boutique, girls, what do you think we would name it? And as the drive, it's a 20-minute drive, um, I, ca- I wanted to call it MLN for Maya, Lily, Nino, the initials of my daughters. And my daughter said, no, this is so boring. No, you cannot name uh, your business MLN. So um, I said, well, give me ideas. So I was like, well, what about something beautiful? And they're like, that's boring. So we start, I said, okay, look up beautiful in French and in Italian and different languages. Let's look. So uh, beautiful is Julie in French. So we liked it. We liked it. Well, one of my daughters said, I like the ring of it. And then another daughter liked uh, La, which is the beautiful. So La Julie is the beautiful. So in 20 minutes, we came up with the name. Uh, and then I said, well, I have to, ha- you guys picked La Jolie, but I want to put 
the Amalan in it. So the Amalan was me, and they picked the girls picked La Jolie. And I got home, um, and I turned to my husband, and I said, um, I decided I'm going to open a business. And he was very supportive. I have a very supportive husband. He's like, this is a great idea. I think it's time. And that's how it all started. What a beautiful name, La Jolie, not Thank to you. capitalize on beautiful, but your daughters are wise beyond their years. Um, yes, they, they are. I mean, I think they wanted uh, a nice ring to it. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. So La Jolie. The only thing is after some people cannot pronounce it, so sometimes I question if, <laughs> if we picked the right name. Um, but so far we have we had very positive uh, impact and and I love that my girls were involved in naming the business and that's why this is a family business and they are they have been involved in every aspect of it in a different ways. I mentioned it a couple minutes ago how the fashion industry is predominantly male. That's right. Yeah. When I saw a statistic recently where women spend 226% more on average than their male counterparts but men still hold the majority of the power in regards to running fashion industries. It's slowly going to turn, I'm hoping. I mean, now there's a lot of uh, drive and push for women to get into those leadership positions. So hopefully this will translate into fashion as well. I hope so. And in your business acumen, I think is part of the reason why your boutique is so successful. Right. Not only do you, to, do you appeal to women, yes. you have great products, but you also can be a brick and mortar in right. your e-commerce as well. Yes. But one of your sweet spots is showcasing how to empower women. That's right. From what to wear in the interview to how to act with the four P's in your personal brand. Yep. So we're all about feminine power. So when we were thinking about the business, uh, I didn't only want it to be another boutique, but I wanted it to make a difference. And um, again, because I have the girls, I want them to feel feminine but powerful and I it took me back to my career um, I always dressed very very feminine so I would get uh, you know and I'm only 5'1 so people will say oh she's so feminine and uh, all of you know um, sweet and then I go into meetings and I'm very kind of um, this is what we're gonna do and just kind of very straightforward and I surprised people I would be surprised I got that again and again and I would say well you know you could be feminine but in the same time be powerful so that's where the feminine power came from it's uh being I want my girls to be feminine I want them to be themselves I want them to be authentic uh I don't want them to act like a man but I want them to have the balance between feminine and masculine um so be who you are, but at the same time, have that um, um, the, the powerful in it to go out there and say what you want and ask for what you need, know your value. And that was very important for me. So that's where the feminine power came from, that, the, the balance between being feminine and masculine. So Daisy, being a woman in tech, right. I can't help but think about how technology has changed, for better or right. for worse, mm-hmm. fashion. That's right. So tell us how you know technology is either enhancing, enhancing or not. Yeah, fashion. so for us, um, actually social media is a huge, huge factor in our business. So um, we have uh, strong followers on Instagram, and uh, we do a lot of, um, I use it to our advantage. So not only that I promote the boutique, but I also promote our different blogs, through our social media, through our website. Um, and so for me, the boutique, again, it's, um, 
of course, I wanted to be profitable and do all of this, but I wanted to give back and empower women. So that's why we do all these blogs and we, we, uh, we interview various women and try to get their stories because to learn from them, to learn from different women's stories, to learn from you, Gail, or to learn from somebody. I have a friend who was an alcoholic and how she uh, was able to uh, deal with that. And I have another friend who also is a senior executive in her organization and how she got there. We do a lot of blogging about women's stories and and the point from that is for younger younger women and including my daughters to go out and then read these stories and learn from them. Uh, it's all about learning and uh, giving back. So there, there's this big aspect uh, of not only selling our products, but also uh, my passion is to give back to women to learn and for all for them to grow. So this is kind of our, you know, to give back to the community. That's one of the many things we do. On a global scale. So not only yes. local community, but Instagram. There's about 104 or 1.4 billion monthly users on Instagram today. Yes, and we get we get uh, messages for us if we ship internationally. So we do get that. Um, when I look at my statistics on my website traffic, I see. Um, everywhere, UK, Australia, for whatever reason, Sweden, from all over the world. And even, you know, when I'm target marketing, uh, I see folks coming from different uh, parts of the states, and I get surprised a little bit why I'm getting online purchases from a little town in Boston, uh, in Massachusetts, and like, how did they get to them? And I honestly think it's the power of social media. It's, it's really getting to this different audience, my target audience, but it's, we're all, it's the same audience, but it's just in different parts of the world. That are in need of your yep. services. That's right. There was a stat that was, a, it's a few years old now, but mm-hmm. about 45% of Instagram users in Britain mm-hmm. say they follow fashion accounts to gain inspiration for looks they can buy or create themselves. That's right. Yep. And that's why in our Instagram, we put different... Uh, different outfits together and um and another thing is so our instagram is a little bit so we have clothes for women our age and you know in their 40s and then we have a lot of different outfits for teens and women in their 20s and some of the you know a lot of times when i'm procuring some of these clothing i kind of try to get them uh, that it will fit all ages so a dress that i would wear my daughter would also wear so we have a lot of clothing like this so when you walk into the boutique my goal is for a mother daughter to go out together and be able to get find outfits for them to fit their personality and I think we have been successful doing so because I see it uh, in the boutique and I see it on our online purchases from customers we got to know a little bit what do you value most about being a mom to daughters um, you know, it's funny. So when I got pregnant with Maya, my first child, I prayed so hard. I prayed and prayed and prayed. I really wanted a daughter. And I prayed, I think I prayed so hard that I, God blessed me with three and now four daughters. And uh, I love, I love teaching them uh, all the lessons that I have learned through life. I love, um, you know, I make them, I tell them all the time, uh, I make them watch love movies. And they're like, Mom, it's so boring. I'm like, I have daughters. I, I burst you. You guys have to watch love movies with me. <laughs> so it's, it's fun raising girls. I'm sure 
boys are great as well, but it's been a blessing, and I'm so thankful and uh, to have such beautiful girls in my life, and they teach me a lot, and they make me grow as well. Well, so, on behalf of a fellow mom-daughter, yes. or, or a mom with daughters, yes. yes, right? We want them to rule the world one day. We do, we do, and we want them to be... A, uh, you know, you're always independent and strong and you teach them all the values that you've learned. But at the end of the day, they have to make the decisions and they have to learn from their mistakes. So you have to allow them to make those mistakes um, because that's how you grow. What advice do you give your girls when they make a mistake? I just say it happened. You just get up and do it again. So um, and then, you know, sometimes I might come a little bit harsh um, at times if they're crying, like do your crying, do what you need to do, but tomorrow's a new day and you got to do it all over again. Figure it out. You just get a pickup and move on. And they do, and they do, and they tell you, you know, uh, and you know, they say at times, mom, you're strong. We're not as strong as you are. I'm like, no, I'm not. But uh, I have, I've learned the reason I, you, I am who I am is because I pick up. I do, I do give myself the time out to grieve or do what I need to do. Um, I do give myself a day or two days. I do give that the emotional kind of uh, space that I need. But at the end of the day, you have to pick up and you get up and you go and do it again. And if you fail again, you do it another time. So, um, so yeah, I'm teaching my daughters to be resilient and uh, go after what they want mm-hmm. and not to be scared of failing. And that's very important for... Uh, girls that it's okay it's okay to fail but then you know reinvent yourself you don't like how this came out you don't like how you you made this huge mistake in your life and you want something else that's normal it's fine just get up and go after what you want right mistakes mean that you try you try Mm risk-taking positive give back to the community when it comes to building your personal brand with fashion and style what can women do for their self-confidence? Okay, so I would suggest that you do this exercise. Get a piece of paper and write those four things. Product, place, price, and promotion. So write down who you are or who, who you think you are. The next, uh, write where would you like to be. Are you, you want to be, are you uh, a doctor? Or are you uh, working in a restaurant? Or are you a student? Write who you are and what... Uh, where you want to be. And then the price, your price, your value. What do you bring to your classroom? Do you, are you a contributor? Are you a person who sits behind the desk and just learns? What, what is your value? What do you bring to the table? And then finally, your promotion. Who is promoting you? Do you have a sponsor if you are um, at work? Or do you have a mentor if you are a student? So who is promoting you? And uh, write this exercise. Write all of these things down. Then ask a few friends to write this about you. Give them the same thing and tell them, ask them, what do you think, how do they view you as a, so this is the product, and what value do you bring to the table? And what do you think, um, when we talk about price, always think about, um, sorry, when you think about place, are you at the right place? So do they view you as a doctor? Do they view you as a lawyer? So see how they view you. And then promotion, do do you think when they go out there, what do they say about you? Do they say you're a nice person, you're very smart? So see how uh, these few, you know, pick, I I would suggest pick a handful of friends, actually, from different groups, maybe a few from your family, a few friends, a few, if you work colleagues, just from different, uh, 
and see if they align of how you view yourself. And if not, then then make a plan and there's things you need to work out and then try to develop your personal brand and where you want to be. The four P's of your personal brand. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I hope this was helpful. And um, yeah, come by to the boutique and buy some clothes. Will do. All right. Looking forward to it. A special thanks to Daisy for sharing her time and her empowering stories and words of wisdom with us today. And thanks to you, our valued listener. You have a lot of podcasts to choose from, and I'm grateful and elated you're here. My three key takeaways from my conversation with Daisy are fashion plus self-confidence equals a recipe for strong presence that commands attention. And if you sprinkle in solid communication skills, your feminine powers will shine. Secondly, to get ahead in life, it's all about learning. A-B-L. Always be learning. And say yes to those projects that you might not normally say yes to or that are out of your role's scope because they will empower you to grow. They will empower your competence to stand out amongst the competition and let leadership see how dedicated you are not only to the role, but to the company and the projects outside your purview that help positively affect the bottom line. Also know that sponsors within an organization are just as important as having mentors in your life. And lastly, how the marketing four P's of product, price, place, and promotion affect your personal brand for good. I encourage you to follow me at gailkeller.org for more information on how I speak to companies, organizations, select universities, as well as high school and college girls around your personal brand, amongst other topics. I also have a book coming out this fall around five women in STEAM, and they're five different characters, and they all face five different challenges, and they look at themselves on how to better empower themselves to overcome those challenges and weaknesses. So visit gailkeller.org for more information. Thank you and stay courageous. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.